the comfort of having a plan is, I think, important for any investor with or without our help. And so that's a big part of what we're trying to do in this portfolio optimization team is make sure that they have the right perspective as they get started and make sure they have a long-term perspective so that they can get through a lot of the messiness. Real estate, even with our help, can be messy at times. What would your life look like if you could replace all of your working income with simple and conservative investments that could do it for you? Over the last 13 years, we've helped thousands of clients transact over half a billion dollars in simple and conservative real estate transactions, allowing them to begin replacing their work income with real estate investment income. Each week, we'll be pulling back the curtain on the ins and outs of real-time retirement-based real estate transactions that will transform your financial future, even if you have no real estate experience. This is Replace Your Income with me, Kevin Clayson. And Steve Earle. All right. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Replace Your Income with Kevin and... Steve. How's it going, Kev? What's up, man? You're back from Canada. Oh, yeah. Made a quick trip. How was it up there, eh? It was great. It was great. Yeah, uh, They got a thing up there called a Chinook. And so that comes through, warms everything up, melts all the snow. So it was it was almost like spring up there. I feel like Chinook is like a bougie version of like like an igloo for like the is that is that not what it is? It's I, I, I feel like what, everything I have no idea that. what bougie means. <laughs> but uh <laughs> Listen, you just need to go listen to the song Fancy Like, um, the country song, and then you'll know what bougie is, okay? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Bougie, like like fancy, Steve. Got That's it. how not bougie you are. Ladies what? and gentlemen, let's just take a moment to acknowledge that Steve, as a CEO of a real estate company and a very successful real estate investor and owner of multiple businesses, is so far from being bougie that he doesn't even know what the word means. And that right there is a testament. To the man, the myth, the legend, Steve Earl. <laughs> you're just you're too kind there, Kev. It's great <laughs> so to be back, can, though. It's always good to come home. It, it feels good to be back. Yeah, but can we talk? Okay, we're going to get to real estate, guys, believe me. But I still want to know more about a Chinook because I feel like it, what is this an Eskimo word? What is a Chinook? A Chinook is a wait, I know it. I, is it a delicious baked pastry? <laughs> no. Okay. What is it? A Chinook is a warm westerly wind. It is one of the reasons why I will never move back to Southern Alberta. It can be a, like a perfectly good day outside and you think, oh, I'm going to go outside and like shoot, shoot some hoops or go for a run or something. You walk outside, you literally, it's like a mild hurricane. Oh, okay. So it's not like a warm Western wind. It's like a violent, terrible, ruin your day kind of wind. Uh, that's how I see it. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> I imagine that if I was in Canada and I walked outside and experienced a Chinook, I'd probably say something like, man, this Chinook's got me shook. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I think you better get onto real estate. This is <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. We, let's see. We've already had, I've already offered up at least five terrible jokes. So I think you're right. Let's go ahead and move on to real estate. Well, dude, it's good that you're back. And, and I'm glad that we're back doing a a live episode, and we have a special guest on with us today, and uh, he's special for a lot of reasons. Okay, not the least of which is the fact that this man who's going to be on today, he's going to try to backpedal and say this award was not given to him, but I'm going to say it was given to Mike Chamberlain. We've got Mike Chamberlain back with us. Many of you know Mike. He's an integral part of everything we do here, and Mike just received the President's Award for the Pleasant Grove Chamber of Commerce. He's going to say, no, it says DFY on the award. Mike, let's be honest. Steve and I did nothing for that award. It was all you. 
I love being involved with community. There might have been some involvement there that was recognized, but really, it, it actually, no, I'm going to keep pushing back that it's the environment that you all create that Steve encourages that, that we give back and that we are involved and that he wants DFY to be a, a corporate citizen in the community that is actually the catalyst. I, I've had another job for a lot of the last uh, decade that didn't allow me to get involved like like Steve and, and you have allowed me to, that uh, wouldn't have won the award. So it's a team award, absolutely. And, and I love that about being at DFY is that it's encouraged. And I certainly don't need a lot of encouragement. I do enjoy the the uh, local involvement. It's, it's fun for me. Well, it's, it's awesome. And you deserve to be recognized in so many ways. And uh, you absolutely deserve to be recognized in the business community for the contributions you make. You know, we did a, we did, I got to tell everybody. So uh, we did a golf tournament for the Pleasant Grove Chamber of Commerce. And at this golf tournament, everywhere we went, somebody would ask us, oh, what company are you from? Everybody knew us because of Mike, because everybody knew Mike, because Mike has given of himself, of his time, of his efforts, of his, just he's such a, you're so full of service, Mike, and you do such a great job, not just in the community, but also for done for you real estate clients. And today, what we're going to talk a little bit about is some of the service that you render and for you guys listening to the episode, let me tell you why, uh, Stephen, I thought this would be an important topic. You know, we talk a ton about real estate, right? We talk about real estate. We talk about acquiring real estate. We talk about the urgency of acquiring real estate. We talk about kind of all of the ins and the outs of what's happening in the economy right now. But one of the things that Steve and I kind of realized we have not talked at length about is what happens after you purchase a property. So obviously you buy a property. We're going to go and get it leased out, so on and so forth. So whether you're a done-for-you real estate client or you are one of our many listeners who has not worked with done-for-you real estate, but you just, you're a real estate enthusiast, this is a really important set of principles that we're going to be talking about today, which is how should you be viewing your real estate after you purchase it? And what are some of the action steps and things that you should be considering both in the immediate, but especially in the long term. Steve, anything you want to add to kind of the setup of the episode? Yeah. In fact, this is such an important thing to me. You know, as hard as the process of finding and buying and financing and closing on and and getting a property, you know, rented out, as hard as that can be, the real challenge comes once all that's done, right? There's a beginning and an end to that part of the process. But then what goes on after that, which is the owning and management and optimizing of that property, well, that's when the hard part comes in from the standpoint of just simply making the decisions, analyzing what's going on. Um, it's not that there's a ton of work that is, is necessarily going on and, and a ton of time and energy and resources required for that, but it's this ongoing effort post-purchase. And Kev, when I first got into real estate, um, after I'd sold uh, my uh, painting contracting company, became a full-time real estate investor, and then I started getting into to helping other individuals uh, do what I was doing is I felt like this massive burden on my shoulders, like post-purchase, if my clients had like any issues or, or things that came up, I always kind of felt like, oh man, like I need to help my clients, you know, deal with this. And in the regular real estate world, that's not how it works. It's like, hey, as a real estate agent, you help somebody make that purchase. And then it's like, hey, when you're ready to buy again, give me a call. But it's, it's not the job of a real estate agent to take upon themselves that kind of that, that continuous follow-up and the continuous development of the client to do well with the properties that they bought. But that just always weighed so heavily on me. And I think that this is one of the big reasons why this has become a big part of done-for-you real estate 
is this whole concept. We've created a whole, it's our pot team, our, our portfolio optimization team, and they work with our clients post-purchase to help ensure that they have a good and successful investing experience over the coming five to 10 years that they're going to own that property. And as such, that kind of leads us into, you know, this idea of, of we, we do a transition call and we do property and market reviews and we do uh, all of this post-purchase, you know, efforts with our clients to make sure that things can go as well and as smoothly as they possibly can. And, and Mike heads that team up and has become expert in this area. And you can tell that he has a passion for this part of the whole process. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so funny that we don't talk more about this because, you know, I think about, you know, me, I use sports analogies. I think about sports a lot. I mean, imagine spending your entire career, you spent all through middle school and high school and college, and you work your butt off to get to the NBA. And then once you get to the NBA and you finally get there as a professional basketball player, there's like no professional development. You're just there. You know, nobody would do that, right? There's There has to be ongoing care and concern. You know, you know that, that was one of the hardest things when I joined the NBA, when I was, you know, when I got it, my... My contract is that that whole thing, yeah. it, it just didn't exist. Yeah, it did. Well, that's, and that's why you're in real estate. You know, you yeah, didn't I have know. that. Yeah, you didn't. That's, that's exactly right. But it's, you know, when you look at that concept of it from a real estate standpoint, we want real estate to be set it and forget it. We want real estate to be passive and it will be if it's done the right way. But it doesn't just because when we say set it and forget it, the idea is not literally to forget about it. It's that we still want to have a conscientious sort of attention to what's happening with our real estate portfolio and kind of understand what's going on on an annual basis. We don't want to just completely forget about it. So, Mike, let's kind of dive in and let's talk a little bit about this. So once somebody and we can talk about it from the done for you real estate perspective, because I think that even if somebody is not a client of ours, just kind of hearing what the process is that we've developed and put into place and implement it over all these years now, I think it's a good sort of exercise for people. So once somebody completes a purchase, what should be happening? What things should be considered? What are the things that, that a lot of people miss through that process? Okay, good. You bet. So I think the first thing that's important is that somebody looks at themselves as the business owner that they are. People have heard for years that real estate uh, works out well, as the wealthy people invest in real estate, that people invest in real estate to save money on taxes, keep more of their hard-earned money. And yet sometimes people don't actually go off and set up the separate independent business account at the bank or set up an LLC that they can use for cash flow, whether the property itself has the extra protection or not, something we can talk about in a bit. But, but I think it's so important that they look at themselves as a business owner and that they position themselves for the long-term potential of that business. So after they purchase that property, you know, that, that's a big deal. And I love to acknowledge the fact that they've gotten off the bench, they got up to bat, they're on base. Of course, we still need to round the bases and, and come home. And so having conversations or thinking to yourself, if you're doing it on your own, about how is this going to be managed now? And so part of what we do is we review the relationship with the property manager and how they have that direct relationship with them. They'll interact with them. But if there's issues that come up that we're here to help make sense of that or can help even represent them to make sure things make sense in the long run for them. And if there's concerns about protection on the property, if they're wondering about what they need to do to put themselves in a good position, whether it's using LLCs or insurance, we can look at that and see what they've done so far with that and talk a little bit more about that. 
but then ultimately focusing on why they're doing this real estate and how they can best profit for it. And really just what would be helpful for, to make sure that they stay invested for the long run. I guess that's a big part of how I try to help a client is kind of circle back around and say, why are we even talking in the first place? Why are you doing investments in real estate? What do you want or need this property to do for you in your financial future? And so helping to create a little bit more of a, a long-term plan and the comfort of having a plan is, uh, I think, important for any investor with or without our help. And so that's a big part of what we're trying to do in this portfolio optimization team is make sure that they have the right perspective as they get started and make sure they have a long-term perspective so that they can get through a lot of the messiness. Real estate, even with our help, can be messy at times. But if we can help circle back around and remind them what the long-term goals were and give them some perspective on where things are at along the way, that often helps them feel a little bit more comforted and stay invested for the long-term. That's awesome. Okay, so somebody transacts a piece of property, you transition, we have conversations. And by the way, I think this is really important that I don't know how many, I know there's been plenty of investments that I've made in my life where I just make it because I'm like, well, I want to make money in the future. So I'm just going to throw money at this thing and I'm just sort of done. You had this financial planning background. Would you talk just a little bit more of the importance of somebody having kind of an intentional purpose of why they invested the money and where it's taking them? Sure. So playing off of that traditional financial planning background, you know, the traditional model out there is you have an accumulation phase of your life in which most people out there are simply squirreling away their pennies. They're having money withheld from paychecks. It's going into 401ks. Hopefully the company's matching that. They're growing money for this future transition from earning money and having money set aside to distribution phase of their life as they retire, having that income check replaced with their earnings and, and with some social security and, and anything else they may have. And so that during that accumulation phase of life, it's so important that that money is focused on trying to grow. And the traditional model out there is, is your decades away from retirement, is your decades away from making that transition, you're going to have most, if not all of your money in stocks. You know, stocks are what has outpaced inflation. If you're, if you're simply comparing what most people are doing with their money, stocks, bonds, or cash, you know, stocks is the only thing that's really outpaced inflation over the long run. And so you have to have something growing. If you're not going to retire for decades, you have to have something growing for the future. However, as you get closer to retirement, the financial planning 101 is going to be when you're about 10 years out from retirement. You're selling off some stocks, you buy in more bonds. It's so that even as you get to a time at retirement where you're going to retire, the assumption is that you're not going to have all the money pulled out and go on a trip around the world, but rather you're going to have about half of your money that's still going to grow for the future because you need something working hard to outpace inflation for later in your life. Most people will live two or three decades in retirement. And in two or three decades, typically it's going to cost twice as much to buy the same amount of goods later on in your life. So you need something growing for then. But you have this other crop that you've planted. You have this other part of your portfolio that you can go and harvest from. You can pull the food off of that side of your uh, portfolio when you need to put food on the table. And so that's what most people are doing with financial planning is, is they have this plan that they will have different kinds of assets as they're further away. They'll make rebalancing and diversification a big part of that so that they can have something that is there to help them make the transition and last for decades in retirement. I, I love to try to tie into that with what we do with real estate, because just with those two kinds of investments, you can either buy something, which is what stock is, you're owning a piece of a company, or you can lend your money out. You can buy a CD, get a bond, 
get a fixed rate of return. Not, not a great investment, not a great return for you, but it's conservative and it's part of a diversified portfolio. And so with the real estate, you know, we're often coming back and trying to find out what somebody's trying to do with it, because depending on where they're at in their stage of life, it will help depend what the best approach is for real estate, whether to use leverage or not, whether to be focused on paying down more properties or taking equity out of properties to buy more properties. You know, this all depends on where somebody's at. So tying into that question, reminding them of, of what they're trying to do and what stage of life they're in to, to try to accomplish that will help us best implement some principles that are really kind of the same, whether they use traditional investments or real estate, that there, there's a different phase of life. There's a, a different time when your money's need to be doing different things for you. And we can help make sure that they're taking advantage of that with their real estate portfolio using some of those well-established financial principles. That's awesome. Okay. So let's dive in to the, what we call the property and market review. So okay, we've got to have a plan when we do real estate. We kind of want to know what phase of life we're in and sort of where the money's coming from and how we're looking towards the future. But one of the things that's critical, and I know that this was an area that that we as a company decided we wanted to do for our clients because we realized that for years we'd been helping clients invest in real estate, which was great, but then they kind of you know float off into this abyss, right? <laughs> they kind of go to this black hole of wait till the next transaction. And we thought, boy, th- there's so many things that we need to be considering on top of the fact that every year the market changes. Uh, Interest rates go up or they go down. Refinances become more of an option or less of an option. At some point, there's going to be time to sell. When should we be selling? And one of the things, you know, Steve and I talk a lot about and that I talk a lot about when I'm talking to clients considering working with us is we don't have to be attached to a time frame of you're going to have to own this property for three years, for five years, for 10 years. What we get attached to is the numbers. The numbers guide the decisions. And so when you talk a little bit about what it is we're doing in the property market reviews, and regardless, if you guys are listening, regardless of whether you're a done-for-you client or not, if you're a done-for-you client, let me just say, if you have not had a property market review, you need to call us and get one scheduled. We're generally pretty proactive about reaching out to folks around the anniversary of their purchases in order to get those set up. But but if you've not had one of those, please reach out so we can get that done. And if you're not a done-for-you real estate client, just be considering, are these the sorts of things, as Mike dives into this, are these the sorts of things that you're considering with your portfolio on a regular basis? So kind of dive into the property market review, Mike. What are the things that we care about and that we're considering and that should be important to investors regardless of, of how they may be investing in residential real estate? Okay, great. So anybody who's invested in real estate for any length of time knows that real estate can be messy in the short run. As much as they're independent inspectors, as much as you have third-party licensure and checks and balances in place before you purchase it, there can be surprises. So we do annual reviews with our clients because it gives us a chance to check in with them and see how it's been going to get their feedback. And we hear the good, bad, and the ugly along the way. But it also helps us give them a chance to look at what real estate's doing for them overall. So if there is an occasional cash flow issue because they've had to use more of their cash flow to repair a toilet or whatever the case might be, the messiness of real estate, then looking at other ways of the benefit can help them stay invested. Because that's always my goal here is to help somebody get the long-term benefit of what they've already paid the money for. They've already paid the bank. They've already paid the title company. They've already paid us if they got our help a little bit. They've made this huge investment in their financial future. The last thing I want them to do is to get out when they have a rough patch because real estate in the long run works. Real estate in the short run doesn't always work. 
So, so real quick, just to go back to that analogy, comparing stock ownership and, and real estate is another kind of ownership. The stock market two years ago this month lost 34% in one month's time as COVID was coming on the scene. 34% in one month causes somebody to worry whether it's going to keep going down or not. But in 08 and 09, the stock market lost 57% in a year and a half's time. 00 to 02, it lost 49%. So three times in the last two decades, people who've owned stock, if they owned it for the short run, whether it was a month, a year and a half, or just over two months in those different windows, it was a horrible investment for them. But if they held on to a diversified portfolio, it worked out much better for them. So it's kind of the same thing with real estate. Do not do this kind of real estate for a year or two's time because anything can happen. Give it a decade or two's time and it just works magically well. And so that's what we're doing when we're checking in with them on these annual reviews is we're giving a, per- a perspective. All right, here's the property that you bought, let's say three years ago. Here's what you bought it for. Here's if you paid cash, your total out of pocket, or if you use leverage, you know what your total out of pocket was, which is a fraction of that. And then we're giving them a perspective, a conservative perspective of what we would estimate the home is likely worth now. And that growth will then apply a formula to it to show them what their actual return on investment has been in that three years time. And it's dramatic to me is if somebody owns a property and, and they give it a chance to work out, certainly four or five years into it, when they have that leverage depreciation or even if they have cash and they've been able to, to pocket more cash flow along the way, just how much that equity behind the scenes building up can make all the eels be worth it, you know, make all of the troubles small compared to the total return or the total way that real estate is benefiting them. So the property review, the annual review where we're reaching out, asking our clients to give us an hour. And of course, they get to call us as often as they like along the way. But we, we want to take at least an hour or a year with our clients to check in with them and give them this perspective, remind them of the long term goals in this real estate. So we're reviewing some of those behind the scenes benefits of real estate, that appreciation that's happening behind the scenes. But we're also reviewing what's changed in the market. So if the finances have come down, if the lending costs have come down, we're talking about refinancing and capturing, you know, paying less money to a bank and keeping more of it for yourself. So we're focusing on ways that they can improve their cash flow by doing that. Or if their home is grown enough where they can turn one home into two by doing a cash out refinance. We'll talk about that and, and what the ramifications are for the cash flow now, but really for the overall portfolio and cash flow later. And, and so we're looking at ways for them to grow their portfolio, ways for them to increase their cash flow. We'll, t- we'll bring in some of the tax consequences of that and benefits of some of those costs of transactions. And ultimately, it's always going to be tied back into whatever they're trying to accomplish. And then if they have a home that is older, if they've had it for several years and there's issues with big expensive repairs that may come up on the horizon in the next several years, then sometimes it makes more sense to sell it. We'll go over that. You know, is there a home where there's concerns about a roof or an HVAC? You know, these bigger expensive repair bills, is it makes more sense to get out of it now. And by the way, if we were to buy that same home now and you bought it at today's prices instead of eight or nine or 10 years ago's prices, not only can you get a newer home now where we're not as concerned about the repairs, but you also get a step up in your depreciation. You get to write off more of the taxes by transferring the gains from this home into another one. And so we're looping all of those different considerations in to try to help them, again, always come back to why are we doing real estate? What are we trying to accomplish? And what's the best way to get there? Awesome. Steve, any thoughts on the PMR? Like as far as, so the property market review, talk a little bit about why you feel like that was such a critical piece of something that we implemented. Well, you know, on an annual basis, like Mike uh, mentioned, kind of on the on the property anniversary, the purchase date, we try and do this property market review. 
And I think why this became such an important and critical component to who we are and what we do and, and why it became such a critical thing for our clients to experience is it just kept first and foremost in our clients' minds on at least an annual basis what they needed to be considering with their property. Because so often, uh, you know, after you, you purchase, you know, some real estate, you're not thinking about how much life and depreciation do I have left? Do I need to sell this property, move it forward? What's the condition of the property? Are there significant repairs coming up that I might want to consider instead of just doing a refinance, pulling money out to go do a, a second property might make more sense, like uh, Mike mentioned, to maybe sell that property and avoid some of the, the major expenses and roll, do a 1031 exchange into another property or two properties. And then the other thing, we're also doing this market review so our clients can take a look and see, you know, what's going on in the market where I'm investing. Does it make sense to keep investing in the same area or would it make sense to sell in this area and maybe buy in another city or another state? And so it's one of these things that there's all these questions that we kind of, you know, that Mike's team goes through to just help kind of spur the thoughts and ideas of that client based on what the property is doing and how it's performing. And that's such a massive value add. Like we don't charge anything extra for this, right? Our whole goal is to help our clients succeed and, and move forward. You know, last year in, in 2021, 63% of our business was just repeat customers coming back and, and buying more properties with us. And I believe that this property market review and the our, our portfolio optimization team is a big part of that because of the value that they're bringing to the table and helping the client see the opportunities that might make sense in further developing their portfolio in their ultimate end game of replacing their income. And so having that attention, like it, it's just been, it's been pretty phenomenal. We've been working on this for going on, I think about four years. And it's just taken time to, to really get it in place and develop and it continues to, to develop and get refined and I don't know if you have anything to add to that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe one additional insight. You're talking about the market side of that property and market report and review that we do with our clients. We've got lots of great examples of clients that we helped purchase properties, say, 10 years ago in Phoenix. And 10 years ago, maybe this person that bought it was 55 years old, 10 years away from retirement and buying a property and asset appreciating market where the appreciation has been off the charts has worked out wonderfully for them. But the cash flow in that market has not scaled like the home prices have. And now this person is 10 years older. They have a property that's 10 years older. We're starting to look at some of the bigger expensive repair bills. But, but really more than that, it's their space in life has changed. They're now looking to make that transition. And so they can sell a property that has done exactly what their job was. Stocks are supposed to help your money grow for the future. Buying properties in appreciating markets using leverage, which, by the way, that's kind of an analogy or analogous statement I've, I've been trying to loop in to, to help clients make sense of it. As I mentioned before, as you're 10 years away from retirement, you're going to have mostly stocks in a traditional portfolio. As you're 10 years away from retirement or needing to replace cash flow, uh, boy, if you're wanting to grow your portfolio, you need to use leverage. If you have a temperament for it, a risk tolerance and if you have some savings in place, leverage isn't for everyone. But leverage is the tool that makes real estate so powerful for total returns. And it is the way to grow the portfolio. It is the way to turn one property to two and two to four is by using leverage. And so we can factor all those in the stage of life, the, how the markets are performing. You know, I always look at what's the condition of the home, what's the condition of the market and what's the condition of their finances and what are they trying to do and what's changed there. We could have an excuse to, to tie in with everybody each year to see what's changed in their life, what's changed in their portfolio. And what do we need to do now to help them accomplish whatever that is? And of course, what that is, is usually 
having financial freedom. It's having a legacy that you're creating for future generations. It's having what I think I heard the best definition for retirement often is for people is having dignity and independence in a rising cost environment that you can't outlive. So having dignity and independence and using real estate to get there quicker and more securely with more peace of mind, it's just powerful what it can do for somebody. And then to be in a position where there's assets left over for a legacy later on, it's dramatic how that changes people's lives. And, And so that property and market report, and again, whether it's us helping you do it or you do it on your own, just checking in on an annual basis to get a sense of where you're at and why you're doing this and, and what it's doing for you can often help you stick with that plan. It can often help you. You'd never regret paying to fix that toilet, you know, 10 or 20 years later. You never regret owning real estate, getting into it and keeping it even during the rough patches 10 or 20 years later. And so helping people keep that long term perspective, I think, is so important for them being successful overall. Yeah. You know, we did an episode a couple episodes ago on perspective. And I think holding that perspective is so critical through the investment process. And the two words that I wrote down as I was just kind of considering this and as I was listening to you talk is evaluate and accelerate, right? I mean, that's really what we're talking about. It's really hard to accelerate a portfolio if you're not doing a frequent evaluation. Like for example, as we've been evaluating over the last year, we've seen a lot of people see a lot more equity increase in their properties than we anticipated them getting when they originally bought the property, right? If they bought the property three, four years ago, maybe even two or three years ago, we maybe were thinking, okay, five, six years, maybe it's time to do something. But during COVID and with the appreciation doing what it's done and the demand being as high as it's been, I know that we've been looking and maybe you could talk to this, Mike, people have probably seen more of an increase in their portfolio than they realize. And doing that evaluation all of a sudden makes it possible for us to now accelerate that portfolio, whether that's through a refinance or a sale and then a 1031 exchange. But maybe talk a little bit about what have you seen with clients as we've been doing these reviews, especially over the last year, given the equity growth environment that we've been in. So a little background. I came to this company three years ago after spending most of the last two decades as a traditional financial planner. I I got to the real estate game a bit late and before my eyes were opened up to it. And I saw what happened during the 08, 09 market crash. and, And I was shocked. And I thought that that would never happen again as far as what happened with home prices and appreciation. And so before I talk about what's happened this last year or two, I, I want to quickly circle back around. I'm a conservative guy by nature when it comes to somebody else's money. And I often quote Warren Buffett, consider the greatest stock investor ever. He said that if you're not going to own a stock for 10 years, you shouldn't own it for 10 minutes. I tweak that when it comes to our clients in real estate. I encourage them to look at it. If you're not going to own it for five to 10 years, don't think about it for five to 10 minutes. But it's been incredible what's happened this last couple of years in, in, in accelerating the client's opportunity, the, the chance to go from a phase one to a phase two, the chance to accelerate their portfolio, because it really is so important that you just get started. I heard a podcast where Brandon Turner over at Bigger Pockets was talking to somebody at, at the, his karate class he was going to, and somebody asked him, what, what belt are you? And he said, I'm just a white belt. And he said, the person that was a black belt that was talking to him, he said, that's the hardest belt to get. Because that white belt, it means you, you got off the couch and you came in and you got started towards, you know, this progression. It's so important getting started. But, but then the name of the game after you get started is to then multiply that, is to leverage that and build upon it. So you can, you have this bigger snowball that's rolling for your financial future. And so when somebody has that goal of growing their portfolio to replace more income down the road, before they might have had a five to 10 year window, most of the time it's been between five and six years for our clients, if not less. But it's literally accelerated so that if they've owned a property for two or three years, 
they're often in a position because of equity growth, because of a little bit of mortgage pay down, because of the incredible time frame that we've had to actually look at cash out refinances and purchasing a second property now instead of waiting for another two or three years. And with that context, I do like to add a little bit. No guarantees. You should never look at real estate as my opinion is you shouldn't buy real estate. It, it, the idea of it going down a little bit in value would cause you to want to sell it because anything can happen anytime. But that's why we say don't look at it for a year or two, look at it for a decade or two and it works out. And so what quick comparison back after 08 and 09, there was 18 million excess single family homes in the nation, 18 million more homes than there were buyers who wanted to or were able to buy them. And so when we have appreciation like it's happened in the last couple of years, that understandably causes some concern, triggers some questions about whether we're in a bubble again. I do think it's important to point out that the basic supply and demand law, that if there's too much supply and not enough demand, prices will go down, is not at all the case now. You know, that was triggered by the real estate market as a whole, specifically by the lending market and subprime loans. When they started to hit the, the fan, home prices started to go down and there weren't enough established qualified buyers to swoop it up as, as purchases. That's not where we're all at with lending right now. And the fact that we have 5 million fewer homes on the market across the nation as a whole, instead of 18 million excess, we have 5 million fewer, puts us in a very different situation. And then you couple that with all the changes that have happened with COVID and remote work and people able to work where they want. It's just made this single family home with the extra space for an at-home office or extra air to breathe the great hot area in real estate right now, by far this last year, is the best place to be in real estate. And so I guess that's a circular way of saying, absolutely, if you've owned real estate over the last couple, three years, you're in a position to accelerate your portfolio and grow it because that's so important. One home alone can make a huge impact in your financial future. Two is better. And hopefully you experience that over the next couple, three years too. But if not, give it five or 10 years, it just works out magically. But yeah, we're, we're helping a lot of people accelerate that and, and grow their portfolio now a lot quicker than they, they were planning to originally. Well, that's awesome. Well, cool. Well, as we kind of wrap the episode, I wanted to just do a quick recap. Some of the things that we want that we think you ought to be considering, if you're listening, that you ought to be considering as you're evaluating your property. Number one, you should be evaluating your property purchases on a regular basis at a minimum annually. And some of the things that Mike mentioned that we look at and that we're considering with these property market reviews are what stage of life are you in? What role is that real estate playing based on the stage of life that you're in? What are the necessary repairs that are either going to be coming up soon or that are needed right now? What is the age of the property? Can that make an impact? You know, we get questions all the time about when should I sell a property or when should I move from one to another? Well, that's why we do these reviews because if you're in an aging property, but there's an opportunity to sell one and maybe go get two newer properties that are going to cash flow maybe even twice as good as the one property is because you've got cash flow working in two or whatever the case may be, you want to be considering that sort of a thing. So what's the age of the property? How much have you depreciated the property? Where are you in your depreciation schedule? is another one. What are the prevailing interest rates? Are interest rates going up? Are they trending upward? Are they trending down? You could also add to that leverage. Can I go buy with a, there's folks that, you know, we were doing real estate with, they could only do it for 25% down. Well, now we have a ton of people still investing in real estate with 25% down loans, but 20% is kind of back on the table for people, right? So maybe that's one of the things you evaluate just in terms of how much you can leverage if you want to use leverage as you look towards the future. Another one of those things, equity growth, how much equity has grown, how much will 
be projected to grow over the next couple of years? Can that play a role in when you should sell and should you continue to keep that property? Geography, what's happening in the market? Are you in the best possible market? Could you maybe look at another market? So there's all of these factors that you ought to be considering on a regular, at least annual basis. And those factors combined should paint a picture. And it should be a picture that necessitates some form of action. Even doing nothing is a type of action, right? Sometimes we think with the set it and forget it approach, it's just a passive real estate investment. Well, just because you want your real estate to be passive does not mean that the real estate's going to be passive without you, okay? Meaning there's always things happening in the market. The real estate is always going to be doing something. There's going to be tenants. There's going to be age of property. There's going to be depreciation. There's going to be tax benefits. And so as passive as you want your real estate to be, take an active role in considering it on a regular basis. And you just may find the ability to, once you evaluate, to accelerate your portfolio growth and accelerate, accelerate, accelerate. You know, it's always fun when my speech impediment like pops (laughs) up. Like I had speech therapy for like years and I had a problem with the letter R. And every now and then when I'm just talking, it just comes back like you all just witnessed. So once you evaluate and you can accelerate your portfolio, it can make all the difference in the world on your road to income replacement. That was a lot of R's. That was just any last words, Mike? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So we've talked a little bit about some of two of my favorite things about real estate. When when you look at physical, tangible things about real estate, uh, you know, the the power of leverage is, is, is amazing what it does for somebody. You can use that power greater than any other investment vehicle out there with real estate. The, the tax savings is not what you make, it's it's what you keep and, and the ability that real estate has to help our clients keep more of their money. Those are two things that are physical that, that you can count and measure that I really love about real estate compared to what else somebody might be doing with their money. Really, my favorite thing about real estate overall, though, is what it does for somebody's psychology, for the non-tangible, for their peace of mind. I've seen it time and time again. You know, I was on the other side of the desk from clients when the market lost 57% in 08 and 09. And there was a handful of them that didn't stick with the plan, understandably so. You see half of your money disappear. You wonder if the other half is going to go. And so they pull out and they're not there for the rebound. You see it go down a third two years ago, a half, you know, twice in the last two decades. And you just don't have the confidence that it's going to be there for your financial future. And so what that does so often, if somebody doesn't have real estate in their portfolio, is they're often holding on to what they have and, and saving it for the rainy day. You know, they know that there's going to be long-term care out there in the future, that, that half of us are going to need some kind of assisted living or at-home health care. They know that there can be unknowns and uncertainties that come up with their life. And that uncertainty causes them to not really enjoy life as much as I hope and wish they would. I got into the financial planning business when my parents retired, and I wanted them to ride off to the sunset and enjoy it and not worry about it. And the advice they were getting, you know, wasn't helping them do that. And, and, and so I made the transition there. My favorite thing about helping somebody with their overall financial planning is helping them spend their money when they can, helping them go on that cruise, remodel that home, buy that new car, whatever the case might be, enjoy the fruits of the labor. And so often I've seen it where they haven't done that because they're so worried about the future. What I love about real estate is because it's a physical, tangible, you know, something you can kick, so to speak, something that people have experienced in their own homes, even if they haven't done it with investment properties yet. It's something they have more confidence and belief in that will be there for their financial future. And, And so we can get into that and actually help them you know, maybe we buy a new property now and use leverage that you maybe pay seventy or $80,000 out of pocket now. And 20 years from now, if you just take the positive cash flow, that home would be paid off 
And now you have this home that can help with your assisted living. We can get into the details of their financial planning of, of what they're trying to accomplish, what their concerns are that are keeping them from accomplishing that, what they need to get over those concerns. And then we can help them craft a plan that, that addresses that. I love doing that. I love helping somebody feel more confident. Just this last week, I was talking with one of our clients that has several properties, has actually more of her money outside of real estate than in real estate. And she told me that she got her car back from the garage this last week and the repair bill was going to be more than what the car was worth. And, and so she was trying to figure out whether to repair that car or bar, buy a new one. We talked about taking that seventy or $80,000, putting it towards a property. And the car she really wanted was a Tesla when I started talking to her about it. And so we, we talked about how she could take the seventy or 80000 she would have put in a Tesla. And instead of buying a brand new one off a lot, you could put that in a property and have the positive cash flow from that property pay for that thirty dollars or $35,000 Tesla. And now you have an asset that's growing for your financial future. And, and she can go have that dream car that she wanted. And she has the resources to be able to do it. I love that. She was hoping for an extra $2,000 a month. When we looked at, looked at her whole portfolio, she has an extra $4,000 a month in place right now. And we can help her do more and better with that so that she can enjoy life. She can have that car. She can travel around like she wants to and explore the Southwest. I love getting into those details and, and charting a path to help somebody feel more comfortable with what they're doing. So they worry less and live more. That's what real estate does, I think, for people is help them worry less and live more or have more confidence, more certainty in their life for their financial future. So I, I enjoy those conversations. Love to have more of them with anybody that uh, could benefit from that and appreciate a chance to talk about that a little bit. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mike. Hey guys, if you want to, if you are a client and you're thinking, man, I really want to get with Mike, I'd love to have a conversation with them. Feel free to just, you guys could, could either call the main number, you could Google done for your real estate, you'll get connected to us that way. Feel free to also shoot me an email if you want to, kevin at dfy-realestate.com and I'll get you routed over to Mike. And so anyway, we could serve you, happy to do that, feel like it could be a benefit to you, let us know. Steve, I'm going to give you the last word as we wrap this episode. The last word. <laughs> that was good. That was a good, that was more than one. We're, but... good. We're good to go. That was, that was fun. I really enjoyed this conversation. I love listening to Mike and his insights. It's It really is powerful. And uh, I go to him with my questions, the last properties I bought, I went to him and kind of did an analysis uh, prior to uh, pulling the trigger and, and uh, you know, just uh, walked away uh, extra confident that, uh, you know, my plan on the last two properties that I, that I bought in Oklahoma City near the end of last year uh, was was the right move for my portfolio. And uh, anyways, he's, he's just a great resource. So I highly recommend if you can give us a call, send Mike an, an email, set up a time to, to meet with them. Awesome. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. That's all for today. And we'll talk to you real soon. See ya. Thanks so much for listening to Replace Your Income with Kevin and Steve. Do you want to connect with us and other income replacement rangers out to obliterate the status quo and experience real retirement with income replacement through real estate? Type Done For You Real Estate USA in your Facebook search bar and make sure to like our company's page. Send us a message while you're there and I'll send you a personal hello and make sure you're on our weekly property scouting emails where you can view weekly deals right in your inbox. Until then, thanks so much for joining us on Replace Your Income and just remember, income replacement for you and your family may only be one property away. See you next week.